really doing something wrong. Um, I think he sort of felt, yeah, like an entitlement. Um, and honestly, the worst part of that experience was what happened later, which was, and, you know, to be clear, I really wanted to impress him. I was, and I write about this in, in, in that essay, um, being 19 and kind of thinking like, oh, this is an important photographer. I got to impress him. I want to really stick in his mind, blow him away, whatever. Um, and using, you know, my brain and my body to kind of try to do that. And also, you know, wanting to seem cool, like getting drunk, um, you know, whatever. Um, because I was really young and, you know, there's obviously a professional stuff, but also just my own kind of ego of like, oh, this is my job now in this moment is to, you know, make this person think I'm great. Um, but I think a lot of these men don't even realize that that's what, that's what I would like. They don't, they have no idea that 19, they don't remember being 19. They don't know what it's like to be a 19 year old girl. And they kind of think like, oh, they're, she's a grown up. She's an adult. She knows what she's doing. Um, and you know, I'm a, I was of legal age, whatever, but I mean, not to drink, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just not that it's not that simple. I think you hit it on the head. I think they're angry with you because while they're sitting there working a camera and I, I'm not saying there's no skill involved, but you're the attraction. You're the piece mm-hmm. of gold. You're the diamond that glitters. And they're like, shit, look what she's got. I got to sit here and photograph girls like her. And I think they're pissed off. Mm-hmm. Met the, I heard Phil Donahue once say the men are beating up the, the, the girls. That, and that yeah. is, I think, you know, they see these pretty girls and they're like, fuck, I'm stuck behind the camera. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, yeah, think, and I think there's a lot of like insecurity of kind of like photography. Not, you know, a lot of these guys want to be artists. Um, right. and they're not totally artists, they're fashion photographers, which is great in its own right. But, you know, there's only a few fashion photographers, like it's 10 or something that are really regarded as super important and impactful and they can feel, you know, maybe a little useless. Um, I definitely yeah. think, you know, that's something I've experienced, which is, yeah, it's too bad, um, for everyone involved. Yeah, it's really sad. Going back to your father, your father's an interesting guy, but what I read of him in the book. Mm. And me too, there, the relationship is, I mean, I don't, you, you've done therapy, so I'm sure you've thought all about, about all this stuff. How much therapy have you done, by the way? Um, enough. Enough? A lot? Um, I mean, I've, I go... I've been, in, I, I've been in for probably the past four years. Yeah. Three, right. three years. Yeah. A couple of times a week? I like therapy. Once a week. I really like Once therapy. Once a week. So mm-hmm. it's not psychotherapy. It's it's a uh, something it's a little more talk, broad. Talk therapy, yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking about your father. Sounds mm-hmm. like kind of a cool guy. He's actually a teacher at your at the school you go to, mm-hmm. which I always think is horrible. If my father had been <laughs> a teacher at my school, I would have just hung myself. Yeah. I mean, I could not deal with it. But you know, your father is like the, the cool teacher, a hippie. You know, kind of wear sandals to class and all that kind of stuff. And he's the art mm-hmm. teacher. He's a painter in his own right and an artist. And yet you say in the book, like, and I don't know how you confuse you are by this. As beautiful as your mother was. And you would even, you said your house was so sexually open that you'd hear your parents fucking. I mean, you would, you would actually, they didn't make any disguise about it. They didn't do it quietly. I mean, they, that, they would think I was sleeping, but yes. <laughs> right. That's always yeah. weird. Um, mm-hmm. and, I mean, and you, I, I know most people have heard their, unfortunately heard their parents. <laughs> I don't, I don't believe my parents actually had sex, but I, I, <laughs> I think, um, 
I think what you describe in the book is that your father was having uh, affairs. He he was with students, and he had uh, you found letters and things like that. That had he to blow your mind. He never had an affair, at least um, to my knowledge. But he definitely um, he also received a lot of attention from women. Um, my dad's like six two, and he was the art teacher, but he's like also athletic, and he was always you know there was no lines crossed with students, but former students would, you know, kind of like fall in love with him. And my mom was very protective and, and jealous um, and, you know, would kind of um, like, you know, at one point she went through his email and blah, blah, blah. Um, but definitely um, my dad, you know, had these kind of like flirtatious relationships with women. Friendships, Did that you feel- I think, sometimes crossed the line. Did you feel protected by your father? Was he, obviously, either one of your parents, you couldn't really go to and talk about really bad things that happened. So, in Mm -hmm. a sense, did you feel like there's no real adult in charge here? Can't go to my father about what's happening to me, and I can't go to my mother. And I imagine you felt very um, alone. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm an only child, and um, there was just this kind of sense of, like, me being an adult from day one. They kind of always would take me to to dinners with their friends and um, I would sit at the table and I learned how to converse like an adult. I mean, I think it actually in many ways is, was good for me. Um, but also, yeah, definitely um, I didn't have a feeling of like parent child in a lot of ways, um, yeah. which is, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. You just grow up really fast. Um, you grow, you grow up really fast. And then on top of it kind of, once I was 12, 13, kind of being people, at least say, I mean, now I look at pictures of myself and I'm like, it's crazy that anyone ever thought I was an adult. I look like such a child. That being right. said, I did look older. Um, and so the world kind of accepted me as looking like a full grown woman. And um, I think that's also like why that relationship with that boy happened in some ways too, because I was like, I need to catch up. Like I need to become an adult really fast. Uh, in other words, when you when you say you look like a woman, you, you, your yeah. breasts are natural. You weren't someone who had yeah. yourself enhanced. You had mm-hmm. the body of a grown woman, and therefore people yes. would look at you and they'd sexualize you at the age of twelve mm-hmm. and thirteen because you you'd walk in the room and it was like, whoa, you know, who's this? And they're looking at you yeah. like you're eighteen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's Jeez. funny. I'm I'm laughing because. Um, the New York Post had some headline that was like sad and sexualized childhood, which just like really cracked me up. I was like, oh, maybe that should be my tramp stamp, just sad and sexualized. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That's the takeaway from the book. Jesus Christ. Lord, help me. Well, it, was, it wasn't sad, but like, like just some of the things that happened to you were sad as a result. I mean, uh, even yeah. your mom walking around with you and saying, hey, that guy's looking at you. Look at that. You know, it became this... Uh, a thing like look at your sexuality, look at your power every minute, and you do become self-conscious. I imagine, like, oh mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, am I creating a scene here? What am I? What am I doing? It's, yeah, uh, I did. I definitely, you know, again, I think my mom was sort of saying, like, look, you can celebrate that boys look at you. That's nice, you know. It's so, you know, whatever in her mind. Um, but yeah. definitely, it made me super aware of myself. But oh, by the way, I think all, you know, this is something that a lot of people talk about is how aware of themselves women are that they even when they're kind of alone and you know getting dressed or just by themselves they're kind of aware of what they might look like um because we do learn that you know that 
that's a way to to get love, to to be powerful, to be successful. So you become really good at kind of assessing yourself. Um, And then on top of it, if it becomes your means to, you know, financial success, which modeling, that's, you know, what your job is, is to know when and how you look good. um, You really become super self-aware. Were you freaking out when you got pregnant? Because I know you are so, you know, you were so into, and I love the honesty in the book. Hey, I look at Instagram. I look at pictures of other women. I look at the pictures of myself. I try to see if I look really good. This is this is who you are and and, and what your job really was. Mm-hmm. So you get pregnant. Are you freaking out? Are you saying to yourself every minute, my God, my body's changing. I'm known for my body. I make a living with my body. I sell bathing suits. I sell everything under the sun because of my body. I got famous because of it. And now am I going to be able to snap back, so to speak? I remember... Mm-hmm. After you had the baby, it, it it was like, it was almost like every picture was like, has she snapped back yet? You know, it was like, <laughs> yeah. did she get, well, and did then she I lose did her body? And people were really angry. Um, there was a, you know, I posted some like video and pajamas that my company had just launched. And um, I like had a doc, there was a docatot, which is like what a baby lays in um, behind me. And I said like, oh, excuse the docatot or something. And all these, there was one woman particularly, um, who has like a small following, but she was so mad. Um, and she was like, Oh, excuse the doc attack. Like she wants us to know that she snapped back. This is unrealistic pressure, blah, blah, blah. Um, and you know, I just feel like I don't have to share every part of my life. Um, there are, you know, I even I posted pictures of me in in labor that are super personal um, that my husband took on film. And I was like, you know, f- felt crazy, looked crazy. They were the pictures that I liked from from whatever. But I just feel like, OK, I don't have to share every step of my journey. But I, you know, put on these pajamas that I looked all right and took a video and it really upset um, a lot of people. But that was my experience. Um and listen, my body is different. I have a little bit of extra skin still and, you know, whatever. Um, but I didn't freak out when I was pregnant because um, I think that being pregnant helped me appreciate my body in a new way that I had never, uh, I had never thought of my body. I mean, I write about in the book just not really taking care of myself. You know, I like didn't go to the dentist for seven years and I, I got to ask you doctor. about that. Yeah, I <laughs> know. No, this is very true of a lot of women. And I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you because I wasn't clear on it. When you say you hate going to the doctor, you wouldn't even, um, you know, go to a dentist for seven years. Mm. Is it because, again, men just make such a fun, In other words, you didn't want to be nude probably in front of a doctor. You didn't want to be sexualized. You didn't want. I mean, I, that's no, what I'm imagining. No. Dentists- I actually think that I just didn't appreciate like needing to care for my body. I was, you know, I would shave my legs and I would, um, you know, like put lotion on my skin. Like I would take care of it in the way that how it looked, but I wasn't actually taking care of my health. Do you wow. know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, um, I get I it, but I thought it was more. And also, also the really, yes, they're not, not being sexualized by doctors, but you know, as a model, you're so used to kind of people feeling in charge of your body and really not having, not caring that much about you, um, but just sort of like feeling entitled to your body, feeling like they know better. Um, and I think that that 
that was how I felt about doctors. I feel like they feel entitled to your body. They don't listen to you. They just kind of do what they want. I mean, you know, you've probably dealt with, with doctors. Um, and right. I just didn't want to to have that experience in other ways. It just like was not an appealing thing. So I didn't make a big deal out of it. It wasn't like, you know, oh, I'm not going to the doctor. But all of a sudden I realized like, oh my God, I haven't been to the dentist in seven years. I need to take care of myself, you know? Um, so yeah. there was definitely an avoidance. But yeah, no, being pregnant, um, I loved being pregnant. It was definitely, there were days where I woke up and was like terrified because, you know, you just are completely out of control. You're, and, and control is such a big thing for me. And um, I didn't have control. My my body was just changing. And there's this, you know, not only my life, but uh, this little baby's life, you know, on the line. And I'm like thinking like, what's going to happen to, to my stomach, to everything. But because it was blowing my mind that my body was taking care of another life and mine so much that it actually kind of made me appreciate the the way my body can be outside of like the way it looks in any way did people um, say to you don't breastfeed because your your, your boobs will get saggy yeah. they'll start to get lines in them and all that kind of stuff and this is your money maker you don't you don't fuck with that did they start to mm-hmm. work you that way other women actually specifically you know we're like oh don't breastfeed by the way you know it'll mess your tits up whatever um right i you know i went for it i i I enjoyed that experience. I didn't do it for very long. I did it for almost four months. Um, and it was just, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have to feed your baby every two to three hours. And, you know, I just, I was trying to finish my book and it became difficult. Um, but I enjoyed the experience. I mean, I really, I, I enjoyed, I mean, pregnancy is different for everyone. Birth is different for everyone. Breastfeeding is different for everyone. I really enjoyed the experience. Emily, what do you think of plastic surgery? You're you're a natural beauty. Uh, I don't think you've had any surgery. You're still young and all that kind of stuff. I see what women are doing to themselves now. And I know everyone in Hollywood's had a little something. They either get a nose thing or they get this or they got every little thing. But I think people, I what the fuck? You know, aging kind of gracefully, you could still look mm-hmm. good. But that attempt to hold on to the beauty... It's sometimes just, it, they destroy your face. Have you thought about this at all? Uh, yeah. Have you projected into the future? What do you think? I mean, I don't know how I'm going to feel. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do personally, but I definitely don't fault a woman for going under the knife. I do think it's crazy how much we kind of have just accepted, like how, like plastic surgery is violent. It's painful. I don't know if you're on TikTok, but there's... Um, there's a BBL, it's Brazilian butt lift, which has like become the most popular surgery. And it's, they show like TikTok, I don't know how I got on it. It's this crazy algorithm. And they show all these like post-op women um, and you can't sit for like three weeks. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and just plastic surgery in general is just so violent. Like a facelift, they slice the skin off your face, lift it up, sew it back up. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like we don't think about what that means that women are willing to, to do something that violent in order to still be beautiful. I mean, talk about the way like that, if that doesn't say something about how much, you know, our society puts an emphasis on this, then I don't know what else does, but I don't like ever blame. I don't fault a woman for wanting that (laughs) because of course, 
you know, it's going to make, I get it. It's going to, yeah. So it's the same way that, you know, if a young girl wants to post a bikini picture, I'm not going to say to her, Oh my God, like, don't you know, like how fucked up that is, whatever. Of course she wants to capitalize on her body. The world, you know, is going to give her attention. Men are going to give her attention. It's going to feel good. Um, so why, why do we always blame women for like getting the nose jobs or getting the boob jobs? I don't, I don't fault them. Um, I don't blame but, anyone, you know. I, I, but I just I just think it can go horribly wrong. And it's sort of sad yeah. because they probably would look better at, at the end of the day, just kind of keeping it natural and just aging and maybe having a few wrinkles. I don't know. I don't I, know, though. I, I also know that, you know, thing where like a, a woman or a man will like be like, oh, my God, they look so old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you right. know? And that's know. what women are afraid of. They're like, I would rather look crazy than look old. I think. <laughs> right. Do yeah. you, um, do you, do, is there, is there something on your body that you feel you should change? Do you ever look at your pictures and go, I don't like this? Oh my God. I mean, I lost a bunch of weight after I stopped breastfeeding and I definitely miss having like some extra pounds. I'm working on it. Um, although the stress of this book coming out has not helped. <laughs> um, what is the I stress mean, that, that, that it won't sell enough or it won't oh, be good no, enough? I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just busy and I'm putting myself out there in a real, you know, I'm very vulnerable in this book and things get no. turned into kind of, even, you know, this interview, it's, it's so enjoyable to talk to you, but I know there'll be like little clickbait headlines of, Emily said this about whatever. Um, and sometimes I do let that get to me. I have to admit, especially because, you know, I put so much into working on every word, being as intentional as I could in this book. And then, you know, my only wish for this book is that people actually read it. Um, that's yeah. it. And that's it's, not it's just because I want them book. to buy it. Thank the book you. is fabulous. Um, it, I, I was like, what is, you know, I, I know you're young and I was like, what is she writing about? You know? It's like mm -hmm. I put out a movie of my life when I was 40 and I was like, you know, people are going to go, uh, hey, who's this asshole? 40 years old, you don't put out the movie of your life. But I figured it was interesting yeah. enough. And that's how I felt about your book. I read it and mm -hmm. I went, wow, you know, this is heavier than I thought it was going to be. It wasn't like uh, all about just blurred lines, but it was a, mm -hmm. a, a sort of an essay on beauty and loving your beauty and talking about. How, and I loved how you were intense about beauty and saying I wanted this thing so bad and I and I. And I'm hung up on it. I would do rituals. By the way, what are your rituals when you do, uh, when you when you get really nervous and you want things to mm -hmm. be great? What are your specific rituals that you do in order to magically ensure your beauty or anything else in your life? Mm -hmm. So um, one of the ones I have now is I have to have um, my my son's name on me in some way, like um, on a piece of jewelry. Um, if for him to be healthy, like, I feel like he's something might go wrong if I don't. Um, and do if you I have to be wear, wearing it, do you have to yeah, be wearing the it? The only exception yeah. is if I'm like, I'm working and I'm modeling or something and I have to take off the piece of jewelry. I've like made an exception for that because I just, I don't know what I would do if that was, um, if I was that compulsive about it, that's one. Um, you know, what's funny is sometimes they just pop into my mind. Like I'll, I'll be trying like getting dressed in the morning and i'll say like if you wear those pairs of that th those pair of pants that'll be a, it'll be a good day or if you don't you know whatever um my huge one is and this has been true since i was very young you know i think partly because 
I was auditioning for, you know, things that had a lot of like money and whatever when I was 14 and I'd really want the commercial or whatever. And I get the call back. And then if I told people that I got the call back, I felt like it was a guarantee I wouldn't book the job. So the second that I got too excited about something, it wouldn't happen. So I kind of like learned to just never get excited about anything and never tell anyone about any potential job. Um, so that's kind of become a big one, even around the book. Like I always, if people say it's going to be so like, it's going to do so well and it's going to really, whatever, anything positive, I'm like, don't say that you're jinxing it. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it, you know, for me, it was 50 times worse and still is, uh, literally, mm-hmm. Uh, I might have to say a number three times, or there was one point when I was on the radio, I would have to repeat something three times or seven times. It would have to be odd numbers. It would get so intense that at one point I thought I was going to lose my mind. And you know it's stupid, wow. and you know it's dumb, yeah. and you know oh, it's you know, made up. Yeah, it's crazy. But we need to control but is that our OCD? universe. Yes, what you're describing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah. say it is. My psychiatrist says I don't have OCD. I don't even know what he's talking mm-hmm. about. I think I do. I mean, it's, I find it gets in the way of my life. I mean, I'm not a professional, but yeah. Yeah. Does it get in the way of your life? And that's, I'm asking you. It doesn't, but it frustrates me a lot because I do feel like, where's the logical side of me? You know, I feel like I lose it in these moments and that magical thinking, I, I feel like a little kid, you know, who's decided that this ritual will like ensure my safety or my happiness. And it, it bothers me. Um, and you know, definitely my husband would actually definitely really would, would say this. I know in this moment that I don't enjoy things very much sometimes because I'm so worried about the jinxing. So I'm like, you can't, you know, not until I kind of never let myself like enjoy successes or moments or wins, you know, because I'm, um, so worried that like, if I do, then something bad will happen after. How hard was it for you to fall in love with your husband? Um, it, being in the modeling industry and, and, and especially with your experiences and, uh, mm-hmm. and they're painful. Is it hard to trust men? Is it, um, and, and also like, do you trust that your husband loves you? Is he again in love with my physical beauty, my body? Is he going to be able to age with me? Is he going to be able, mm-hmm. when I'm not his arm candy, is he still going to be able to appreciate who I am? Are those major issues for you? And, and how did you let yourself go so that you could trust a man? Yeah. Um, God, there's a lot of questions in there. But um, I, know. I mean, I think that I don't, I feel like, I mean, my husband and I met at a party in LA. Um, it was like a day pool party and we had been drinking and we played charades. And I, you know, was like did not even clock him as a potential whatever. Like I wasn't thinking Why? like, oh, there's a, well, I had a boyfriend. And oh. um, also, I don't know. I just like, I wasn't thinking, I guess maybe partly because I was like, oh, my friend had like dudes that would come. It was a female friend and she'd always have like dudes over. And I was kind of like, oh, these guys, whatever. Like these guys, <laughs> that, those are her, you know, male friends. I don't know. I just hadn't really registered it. And, and when you say a I pool was, party, I'm picturing you running around in one of your famous bikinis. Uh, at the pool, I'm sure you're well, creating a scene. Well, I didn't have a, a bikini scene. company yet. This was a long time ago. I was probably like, I mean, a long time ago, five years ago. Um, right. But um, no, I was, I remember though, you know, I was wearing a dress and we had, like, we were inside at the house and I, um, we played charades and I was just like being really stupid and silly and like really didn't care. And um, he, 
Like I watched him just kind of like his face lit up and he just kind of changed. And the next time, and then we spent some, you know, whatever that time talking, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the next time I saw him, I knew he was like, I want to get to know this girl. Um, so I guess for me, that was part of the like vetting thing is, you know, it didn't feel like something changed when he saw me as just me being like funny and you know what I mean? Um, so I never felt like, Oh, he's just after me because of whatever else. Like I, I remember that moment very clearly. Was was there ever a a relationship? Was there ever a thought in your mind? I shouldn't get married. If I'm single, Mm -hmm. I'm more, um, the fantasy girl. Mm. Or those young boys out there who, you know, who follow my Instagram, um, you know, like, hey, I want to keep my relationship on the down low so that these, you know, for my career, keep it, you know, hot, so Mm. to speak. No, I didn't. And I remember at one point, one of my male friends um, saying to me, like, I don't know if you should post like so many like couple pictures of you guys. And I was like, why? He's like, I don't think dudes want to see that. And I was like, look at this one. It has a million likes, you know, like got all pissed. Um, I think, you know, the truth is, is like, I was, I'm more interested in, um, like my own happiness than, than what I appear in the world. Obviously I wrote this book. It's not exactly, I did it for myself. It's, you know, a complicated thing to put out into the world. Um, so I've always kind of been more interested in like being, I don't know, taking care of myself in real life rather than like the image of me out in the world. You know, that feels like work. And I didn't ever cross like even, you know, I never like dated famous guys to kind of like have a reputation to get more famous or whatever, Um, partly because I'm, you know, really wanted to be like, it's just me. I don't fly on the coattails of anyone else. That was like so important to me. But also because I just I just wanted to like the separate kind of real me felt really different than the, the one that I put out into the world as an image. Did you, did you ever date Ben Affleck? I know you were in that movie with him. You did the, uh, I didn't. The, the, Gone didn't. Girl. Yeah. Gone Girl. Because the love, love scenes in the, I mean, they're very, you know, they're intense. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, I just, I guess I always figure, I guess I'm naive. You know, when I did my movie, I fell in love with every woman on this set. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is, I think they well, really liked me. He was married. Right. And yes. um, again, I've always kind of had a hard and fast rule, but also I don't kiss and tell. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe something happened. Who knows? Who no, knows? no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm being totally clear, but also I don't kiss and tell. <laughs> yeah. But, but it is, yeah. but isn't it exciting when you do become super famous and you blew up all over the world? To date famous people, like, oh, wow, you know? I mean, and the illusion is that they're the characters they play in those films, and it can get very tricky. Um, Mm -hmm. I bet you that was an exciting part of becoming, um, you know, a a celebrity. I'm telling you, I mean, it's really, I I almost, I don't want to say I, like, regret it, but there was definitely looking back, I'm like, why didn't I want to explore that more? Because I think I felt so protective of myself. Um, and you know, didn't really didn't want to feel like wanted to do everything on my own and also, um, just didn't trust what dynamic could come out of dating famous men. So, right. Yeah. Right. Well, I admire that, that you protected yourself, you know, I mean, I don't know if I admire it. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I, I write about you why I admire it. Can I tell you why I admire it? Because. You know, in the business you're in, which, as you say, is a business of Instagram followers, more followers you have. I mean, it's amazing. It's mind blowing the amount of people follow you. You can sell product. You can 
you know, it's a business. I've mm-hmm. worked at radio stations that don't have that many followers. You know what I mean? They don't have that m- yeah. much intensity. So it's a business. And, you know, you could very easily fall into the trap. You know, if I date Leonardo DiCaprio and I go out on mm-hmm. with his uh, pussy posse, uh, you know mm-hmm. what? I could probably get a lot of followers. And, you know, it would mm-hmm. be interesting to say, you know, you people listen, people think like that. People think like that. I know. And you know what? I respect the the women who think like that. It's just a different kind of hustling. It's a different perspective. And there's an essay in the book about that because, you know, I think at one point I realized, like, well, who am I to judge any woman who tries to, you know, marry someone famous or marry someone rich or whatever? I'm accepting money from really rich guys when I do a paid post for their, you know, um, Instagram or, you know, the experience I write about in the book is going to the Super Bowl with Jolo and him paying me a fee. Um, Amazing story. And- Amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that's coming out in The Guardian, actually, in a, that essay. Um, so people will be able to read that, but they should buy the book anyway. But um, that, um, you know, just kind of looking around and saying, like, okay, here's all these women working this system in different ways. It's just a spectrum of compromise. It's just a spectrum of what you're okay with and what you're not. And, um, you know, I think that navigating that is a personal decision. And, um, you know, it's like now with the birth of only fans and there's so many different ways where women are doing that on the internet and deciding right. you know how they want to how they want to hustle um and i respect it i'm glad you don't judge that and you're, you're right the thing about beauty is sometimes it's sort of evaluated by how many men are interested in you and that's one of the yeah. points of the book you know mm-hmm. uh you know even these guys who paid you twenty five thousand dollars to go out on a date you know mm-hmm. It that's, wasn't even a date. That's what's so crazy. He didn't even talk to me the whole time. <laughs> what is that? I, just, I mean, he's so so yeah. damaged that he 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 paid twenty five thousand dollars to be in your presence and then didn't talk to you. I mean, I think that's one of the things. Like a lot of these stories in the book, I kind of put out into the world to be like, what What do you think? <laughs> what's your take? Because I don't know. I don't know. Um, right. You know, that was a really that was such a weird experience though, and I kind of was prepared for somebody like to hit on me in a weird way or whatever. And there were a couple weird moments, but the guy who was actually paying for me to be there, you know, barely talked to me other than saying like, thanks for coming. Um, but there were other, there were also other people there, other women who like really made a point of kind of, they didn't need him to come up to them. They went up to him. Um, and they got more out of that relationship than I did. I never saw him again, you know? Yeah. It's, there's a line. My wife was telling yeah. me there, there, there were the, you know, the modeling agency would call and say, "Hey, there's a party in Dubai, and they want models there." Um, mm. You know, and she, she always worked a lot, so she was able to say no to. She wasn't comfortable with that kind of thing, but that's a whole nother thing. These modeling agencies, they're kind of yeah. pimping people out. Come on, go to a party I mean, and. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the the modeling agencies have a they they definitely need to adjust the way that they operate. But I mean, it's an industry, so they're just thinking about money, you know. Right. Um, and they're not really thinking like, let's protect these young women. They're thinking like, how can we, you know, make as much money as possible? And they're reporting to their boss and whatever. Um, but yeah, the, the other part of that essay is um, it kind of jumps time jumps. I go to Coachella with this group of. Um, these men who hire this guy, this party promoter who actually like had women kind of who, you know, worked with him to recruit young girls. And one of the ways that they would get us to go out with them was to host dinners before you go to the club. So, 
you know, we all were making like no money and never getting fancy meals at all. You know, I was eating like Trader Joe's frozen meals or Chana Masala or something. That was what it <laughs> right. was my favorite at that point um, for like $5. And, you know, it was like, you can go to Nobu and we'll have this back room and you eat and drink whatever you want. And then, you know, after you're a little drunk, like they're like, okay, we're going to the club. Like it's going to be fun. And um, that, that is such a weird industry and it totally still exists. I was before the pandemic, I was at a um, bar kind of randomly. I don't really go out like that. And um, this guy, it was early in the, club was kind of empty and this guy walked in and like 10 long legged you know very young women came in behind him and i was like oh i know that i've been one of them <laughs> right we, but by the way sadie who you mentioned you gave her a, a pseudonym but sadie who mm-hmm. you mentioned a high school friend who was so uh gorgeous and uh, was in the modeling mm-hmm. industry as well and you knew her from high school and you kind of worshipped her you made a really good point again you know you talk about beauty in a sense you did it too Sadie isn't your type of person, but you saw her outer covering. She was five nine, mm. five ten, gorgeous model. Mm. And you go, Oh, I should be friends with her. She's someone I should hang out with because she's in the modeling industry. But she really wasn't. Well no, your she kind wasn't in the modeling industry when we became friends. She right. um she was um she was a year older than me and she was really cool and I was not cool. Um and she kind of like plucked me out. She she was one of those girls that could have been like you either she was she was either going to be your enemy and make your life miserable or be your best friend. And she picked best friend, which seemed great to me because I was terrified of her. Um, And then, you know, I was going up to L.A. at that point, starting to model. And she had always been told, like, you have a model's figure. So she kind of asked me do you think it's something I could do? And she worked at a sandwich shop um, and she always had a, like cash, a lot of cash. And I remember being impressed because from her tips, but you know, I was making money more easily. I would go up to LA for a day and make what she made in two weeks. Um, so then she signed with an agency, but honestly, most of our friendship, I mean, it was around, it was partly about the modeling, but it was mostly about like who we were to the cool group of boys in high school. Do you ever go on like a Facebook or something and look for her? Like, do you know what happened to her? Yes. And actually I wrote this essay, but we ended up getting dinner. I finished this essay before um, we reconnected and we got dinner and um, she's doing well. She's totally different than who she was in high school. And she read the essay and she, um, she had a really like tender, like loving reaction to it um wow which was which was really cool yeah right right oh that's cool you know there's yeah. so much to the book and uh, you know i could keep i i'm really interested in it because when you when you talk about this photographer who you posted a picture of yourself on instagram mm-hmm. that a photographer took and he sued you he yeah. said um he said he said hey i took that picture you owe me money i'm yeah, always paparazzi. blown out by that yeah, a paparazzi, mm-hmm. yeah. no less, who took a picture of you. Yeah. You were like, oh, okay, I'll post this. It's kind of interesting. At least I can do something with it. He got a picture mm-hmm. of me. And he ended yeah, up actually, suing you. Yeah, and specifically, um, it was a, the reason I posted that one was to say, like, I'm tired. I wrote Mood Forever because I'm covering my face with flowers. So it was kind of to say something about, you know, how I felt when the paps were, were shooting me. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, um, that's a, that's a thing. That's a big thing. That's a great way for them to make money, you know, because they, Jeez. they know that settling will cost, um, less money than fighting it because I've, I actually am still fighting that, that 
um, court case. It's been years and years now. I think almost three. Do you um, think you And won? I'm still fighting it. Um, I've won. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> wow. Um, he's going to have to pay some of my lawyer's fees. It was the last ruling, but we're, we're supposed to go to court next. And, um, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about all of that legal stuff, but it's really expensive and it would have been a lot cheaper to just write him a check and say, fine, you like you win, you know, hold my hands up and say, all right. How are you feeling about the paparazzi? On the one hand, you know, I've never seen anybody more covered than you by paparazzi. I mean, you're, you know, you're always like, like, like it seems to me they're always there. Uh, Mm -hmm. but at the same point, you know, then you got to put up with it when you don't want it. You can't turn it on and off. Once it's in your life, that's it. Um, yeah. So you you must love the attention because it does promote your brand. But on the other hand, it's like, oh, yeah, geez. It was interesting last, I think it was last week or two weeks ago or something. There was nobody. And my husband was like, where have they been? This is great. And I was like, I know. <laughs> um, but obviously, you know, this week I'm running around promoting going on different shows and you know, wear different outfits for each show and right. um, they're shooting it. But listen, it's, it helps sell the, hopefully people will be like, Oh, what's she out talking about? And then maybe they'll listen to this conversation and be interested in the book. So um, right. it's, yeah, it's a double edged sword. Um, but uh, actually it was interesting after that article came out, the, the essay where um, I talk about that, that stuff with the paparazzi, a couple of them reached out and said, listen, like, there's going to be days where there are going to be guys out front. It would be nice if you like, I'll let you post whatever you want to post. Just, you know, give me the shot kind of thing. And so, and I'll never see you type of thing. So it feels a little bit like making a deal with the devil in some ways. Um, but it's nicer to have a little bit of control than just, you know, feel like these guys are, I mean, at one point, like I had the thought of if I got hit by a car, you know, whatever, they would rather take a picture of the car accident than call an ambulance. And that at one point really freaked me out because I just felt like these guys don't care about my safety and they're outside of my house every day and they just want the the, the picture that's going to make, make them the most money. Now I feel a little bit, you know, better having like having some of them reach out and say, like, listen, this is what it is. We don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of crazy. What, what, so what's your day like that? What was the favorite show? To, since you're out promoting the book, I see you everywhere. Did you like doing The View? What was the show that you feel? Uh, I did like doing know. The View. I was totally starstruck by Whoopi, though. It was so funny. Yeah, I didn't yeah. expect it. She asked the first question, and I was like, but I like lost my, because um, I just <laughs> grew up with said. her, you know? Yeah. yeah, she asked me a good, a hard question and like, what do you want people to take away from the book or something? And I was like, my God, it's Whoopi Goldberg. I can't, I don't know what to say. Um, what but an incredible I really enjoyed talent. that. Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's so cool. Um, and we had a nice conversation afterward as well. She said, like, your bikinis are so small, you're going to make them bigger for me. And I was like, nope, you got to wear the tiny ones. <laughs> Show <Yeah>. it off. <laughs> Do you think um, with the bikini business that you could actually, like, is it hard to reinvent a bikini? I mean, it, it, I always say to my wife, how are you getting a new bikini like that? I mean, mm-hmm. bikini is the bikini. What what can you do to a bikini at this point to, well, to make it great? Well, you got different prints. You got different cuts. Um, I mean, I honestly, it's not even so much about my body. It's that I grew up in 
Encinitas in San Diego where you wear you wear a bikini every day to the beach in the summer. Like you you get dressed in the morning, you put on a bathing suit underneath because you know you're going to the beach. That's like where you hang out. It's like the equivalent right. of in New York, you know, you go to whatever, down to the basketball courts, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I know bathing suits very well and I like love them and enjoy them. Um, and also it's just a way that I've, you know, had control. I, I have the business with one of my closest friends and we have an, a really great office. I can work from there and um, I, I enjoy that. Can you believe what's happened boss. to you though? Even through it all, when I read the book, I said, well, the bottom line is there's been some real ups and downs like everyone's life. But mm. like, wow. I mean, 28 million followers on Instagram. It's pretty amazing, right? It's just kind of, I'm sure you never in a million years would have expected this. No, it's so surreal. And we were talking about, you know, the little girl praying for beauty. Like I definitely had no idea that this would be the way my life turned out. It's bizarre. And all the time I'm, you know, like you were talking about going on Facebook and seeing old friends and thinking about like, I can't, I just, I think it's part of, you know, getting a little bit older and having that perspective. I'm sure you feel the same way where you're like, wow, this is, this is my life. And I honestly mostly just feel really grateful. Yeah, I hear you. All right, listen, I'm going to let you go. I know you're going to go do Drew Barrymore today, man. You are out Yes, You're working hard. The book is uh, fantastic. I really did enjoy it. Emily Ratajkowski's book is called My Body. Did you ever consider changing your name? Because uh, Ratajkowski is a tough name to say. Did you ever, when you started modeling, say, you know what, I'll just be. I just didn't think I was going to get famous. So, no. Yeah. 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 But did the kids make fun of the name at school? Would they call you Rat or something? Friends and thinking about, like, I can't, I just, I think it's part of, you know, getting a little bit older and having that perspective. I'm sure you feel the same way where you're like, wow, this is. This is my life. And I honestly mostly just feel really grateful. Yeah, I hear you. All right, listen, I'm going to let you go. I know you're going to go right. do Drew Barrymore today. Man, you are out yes. there. You're working yeah. hard. The book is yeah. uh, fantastic. I really did enjoy it. Emily Ratajkowski's book is called My Body. Did you ever consider changing your name? Because uh, Ratajkowski is a tough name to say. Did you ever, when you started modeling, say, you know what? I- I'll just be... I just didn't think I was going to get famous. So, no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But did, did yeah. the kids make fun of the name at school? Would they call you Rat or something like that? No. Um, I didn't get made fun of in school. But my dad's nickname was Rata, and that's how I got M Rata. Um, right. But that, oh, yeah. That's yeah. where it comes. Okay. Got it. That's mm-hmm. your company. Yeah. Uh, Emily's yeah. book is called My Body. It's available now wherever books are sold. Thanks for spending so much time with me. I'm sure you're exhausted. Thank you but, so uh, much for having. No, it was a yeah. great conversation. I, I always wanted to come on. So it was great to Glad be you did. Great well, to see you. Thank you so much for having you here. And thank you thanks, so much Robin. for being so open. It was wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Good you luck guys with are the book. Great. I hope, I hope people read it. Okay. Thank Emily Ratajkowski, everybody. There you go. There you go. I told you. Interesting woman. Your favorite person. Well, I'll tell you what. I never spent a lot of time thinking about Emily Ratajkowski until I read her book. And I was like, whoa, there's some heavy stuff going on here. And she's got some well, interesting you're, thoughts. You're, you know what? She did a great, um, a great job at is describing how women are groomed in this society to please men. You know, like that's your parents job your teacher's job everybody's job because as soon as a child is born a girl is born 
You start yep. thinking about, is she going to be pretty enough? Is she going to, you know, and everything about, you know, the way people groom you is to fit into society and please men. That's right. There you go. Well, I mean, anyway, you know, she just sort of details that, you know, and and all of the things that a woman will think might be okay to say or do or be a part of is based on, well, that'll get me power or that will get me, you know, based on, you know, whatever their attributes are. This is what I can use to impress the boys or get the best ones. You know, so you choose your friends that way. You do everything that way. I was groomed to please my mother. Uh, right. That's how I was groomed. Yeah. I, I was in the service of that woman. And, uh, <laughs> I did a damn good yeah, job, if I do say so. What uh, what people say to yeah. girls? It's always about their looks, you know. Like people actually have to remind themselves to compliment their daughters on something else because they're so used to just having them be interested in how they're going to look, you know. Like she said, that mm-hmm. one woman said, and she was a philosopher that she would want her daughter to be thin. That's what she would do for her, you know, if she she had a daughter. Make sure there she you stays go. thin. Well, anyway, that's Emily Ratajkowski. I do recommend the book. It was really uh, quite illuminating. Well, you should look at it that like way. That, that's what happens to everyone. And she just happened to be, you know, she was one of the most beautiful and was able to, to parlay that. But it also came with a price. When I, when I raised my daughters, I complimented them on not looking like me. I said, you, I'm <laughs> well, very that's the lucky. Same thing. You're lucky. That's you right. don't look like yeah. me. Yeah. I go, wow, <laughs> you guys are nice looking. Not, not like me. Not on. Anyway, but thank you for that. To stay, uh, stay up on those looks. Make sure that those look. Uh, uh, stay make sure together. you don't look like me. Tomorrow, uh, among other things, we have a lot to get to tomorrow, but Paul McCartney will stop by too. And he's always interesting. So we'll, uh, we'll check in with him, see what's up. He wrote a book too, which is fucking mind blowing. Uh, writes about a lot of, not every song he ever wrote, but a bunch of tunes that he wrote. And he talks about, he goes, man, I don't remember anything about the past, but if you ask me about a song and what was going on around it, I can tell you. And that's what the book that's is. That's amazing. I really, uh, and that's what, you know, like you do tie things, your memory ties things to important things. And so these must be really meaningful songs to him because yeah. he remembers everything about them. Uh, remembers it all. Cause it's like photographic. So uh, the book is very cool. Yeah, uh, I missed you all day today because I was having technical difficulties. I couldn't I see you guys half the time. I couldn't hear. I almost walked out to my car to sit in my car and listen to the show just so I know what was going on. Well, I could have I could have done what I do with Jeff the Drunk. I could have put you on the phone and put you on hold for the rest of the night. You know, <laughs> I never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was aware of that. I just uh, I plowed on. No, but, no, no. Uh, I, I, it felt, you know, like I was afraid that the moments I did pop in, I wasn't in the context of what was going on. So yeah, it was very difficult. I was really hampered by the technology today. Yep. Yeah. We've been pretty lucky. I got to say it's weird. Um, with the technology that, you know, we started using during COVID, it works really well, but once in a while it can fuck up. And, uh, yeah. We've been and I lucky. just, I couldn't hear you. And then when there was one moment that I recognized that I was out of sync and you couldn't, you know, you, you're hearing me 30 seconds after I spoke. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought I was on acid. That's all. 
All right. Anyway, we'll see everybody tomorrow. We got a busy day tomorrow, but uh, that's it. Bye bye. Coming Wednesday. A reunion between the boy from Liverpool and the boy from Long Island. I've never disguised my love for Paul McCartney. What a genius. What a man. You talking about yourself? <laughs> and then I met John. Wow. And I would say to people, oh, yeah, I've written a couple of songs. And people would go, oh, wow. But he said, so have I. Ah. All right. As we welcome singer, songwriter, producer, composer, and Beatles, Paul McCartney. Only on The Howard Stern Show.